when it comes to ensuring your company has top-notch security practices. Things can get complicated fast. With Vanta, you can automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Vanta's market-leading trust management platform can help you unify security program management with a built-in risk register and reporting and streamline security reviews with AI-powered security questionnaires. Over 7,000 fast-growing companies like Atlassian, Flow Health, and Quora use Vanta to manage risk and prove security in real time. You can watch Vanta's on-demand video at vanta.com slash decoder to learn more. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash decoder. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Editor-at-Large of Recode. You may know me as someone who has been boycotting Facebook for years because I forgot my password and I'm too lazy to make a new one. This is actually true. But in my spare time, I'm just a reporter and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about power change and the people you need to know. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today, we're going to play an interview I just conducted with Rose Marcario. She just stepped down as CEO of Patagonia, which is one of the first companies involved in the growing Facebook ad boycott. Patagonia and those other companies, which include Ben and & Jerry's and Eddie Bauer, have temporarily stopped buying ads on the platform because Facebook has been slow or unwilling to address misinformation and violent threats on its platform, including from President Trump. I spoke to Rose as part of the Lesbians Who Tech Pride Summit. Let's take a listen. Hi, it's Kara Swisher, broadcasting from Vermont, and I'm here to interview Rose Mercario. Rose, how you doing? Where are you? Where are you in Los Angeles or I'm, that area? I'm in I'm in uh, California. Yeah, California. That's what I thought. Um, so we have a lot to talk about. You and I talked about two years ago, and the the title of this uh, is uh, balancing financial goals with social impact and other le- leadership lessons. Something we've talked about a lot. And one of the things that I loved when we did our interview, I think it was in Portland uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. You were already talking about this, and obviously Patagonia had been doing a lot of things, including suing uh, the Trump administration over a, a range of things. Um, why don't you give everyone a, an idea of what you had done before, and then we'll talk about this moment because I think everyone seems yeah. to have caught up to what Patagonia had already been doing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the kinds of things we were doing, you know, as soon as basically uh, Trump took office, he he with a pen stroke eliminated three million acres of uh, public lands. Uh, so we've been fighting mm-hmm. that fight, and we sued the administration. Um, we've been very active in the midterm elections in terms of getting getting other corporations on board to give their employees time off to vote. That was the midterms. Mm-hmm. This is a different situation that we're in now with COVID. Right. So now we're focused on um, on mail-in ballots and just making it easier for people to vote in the time of, of COVID. Uh, so we've got over 500 companies in that initiative now. And, you know, these are things, you know, it's interesting, like when we were talking about it a few years ago in Portland, 
this is like corporate act was considered like crazy corporate activism. Yeah, you know? exactly. Right. <laughs> and now, right. and now it's like we're seeing corporations boycott Facebook. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's well, we'll get to that. We'll get we're getting to that. Yeah. I'm I mean, it's, about it's that. really changed a lot. And Patagonia has been, you know, every environmental rollback that that Trump has done in the last year. And there have been a lot. Patagonia has been involved in either filing amicus briefs, working with activist groups to, to turn it around. I mean, you know, this is part and parcel of, of what we've done, you know. Well, talk about that idea of going back. Of how did you all think about that earlier? Because you were an outlier in terms of doing that. It was like, look at what Patagonia is doing. We wouldn't do that. And you had talked about it as a brand, that this was part of the idea. And I'm not talking about just sort of a virtue signaling brand kind of thing. It's the idea that this is part and parcel to what you're, you're not just selling things. It's an entire I don't know. I'm not even. I'm not sure what to call it. Sort of a, a, a company you want to do business with. Talk a little bit because you talked a lot about how it, it, it's not just. It's a business decision. It's a social decision. It's a moral decision. But walk everybody through how you all decided to do this before it's much easier to do it right now. Yeah. So we've been giving to grassroots environmental activism for 30 plus years. So we'd always been funding activists. You know but we didn't actually act as an activist ourselves, And I think with the, the Trump administration and the kind of threats to, to public lands, to everything we've held dear in the environmental movement, I think there wasn't really another choice, but to be much more activist as a brand and as a company, if we were gonna continue you know, really serving our mission. So to me, those decisions were really, like they were in our DNA, you know, like, mm-hmm. like it was the next logical step to take. And I, I think that it was it was tough in the beginning. I mean, I remember- so Talk about the decision specifics. Yeah. Talk about what, what the conversation was you know, the several con- years ago. Yeah, I mean, the conversations about suing the president were pretty short conversations. I mean, like I said, mm-hmm. no one in history had ever basically, you know, gotten rid of 3 million acres of public land in, in a pinch stroke, you know? And, mm-hmm. and the reality is you're a public landowner. I'm a public landowner. You know, if he could do that with those public lands and he could, the next step is a national park. I mean, you know, there was no end to what the kind of devastation that could be wrought. So for mm-hmm. us, the decision was not a, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, you know, wring our hands over it too much. I mean, right. we, we consulted with a lot of, you know, our, our environmental lawyers and um, yeah, and we made the choice to do it. And it didn't hurt the brand at all. It helped our brand. You know, it, it, Well, talk about that. I mean, because there, it is a different step from giving money and here we are. You know, you see corporations doing that. You see very wealthy people. We'll get to them in a second doing that, sort of yeah. sending out the idea of we believe in this. There are political donations. But actually taking on, it's not, a lot of people would say, look, Rose, you're selling fleece. What are you doing? Like you're, 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 you know, you're funding stores. You're doing this thing. Why is this part of your brand? Well, because our whole brand is founded on, you know, a love of the outdoors. And, and if you love something, you want to protect it and preserve it. And so, you know, that's been just a part of our DNA. Our founder, you know, wanted to give 1% of sales, not profits, sales to grassroots activism. And what we found is that, you know, our customers care about climate change. You know, they're, they're, they care about, you know, preserving wild places. They want to have a planet, you know, worth living in, in another, you know, 20 years. So the decision was an easy decision. Now, did we get some blowback from customers? Yes. You know, but, but that's okay. 
You know, I mean, we we kind of factored that into the equation. But at the end of the day, we still had a better year than we had had, had the previous year. And it was one of the best years in the company's history. So, and you think it was directly related to this that people that, that that there's a different kind of customer right now when you're making these calculations that you have to be true. Like a lot of people say, you have to be true to yourself on Twitter. You have to be true and genuine. It's an important brand thing that's going on with a lot of companies. Now. Yeah, well, we we grew out of a catalog company, so we have a very very close relationship with our customer, and we're used to mm-hmm. communicating with our customer. So I think in that way, our customers are really with us, you know. And did it bring out new customers to us? I think it did. You know, when when we gave away the Trump tax cut essentially to grassroots mm-hmm. environmental organizations, I you know we had a really big day that day. And I think it's because it resonated with people um, that, that we were doing something that was useful with that money and that was going to be useful for, for the environment and for people's long-term health. Mm-hmm. And how do you decide which ones are the ones to do? Because right, you know, there's so much incoming, you know, the, the, yeah. whether it's the Muslim ban, whether it's this, whether it's that. The, why did you pick the tax cut? The lands makes perfect sense. Well, yeah. How do you, how did, when you're doing this calculation, what do you do? Because, you know, I was talking to some Silicon Valley people who, believe me, are not the best on these issues. Um, they were like, well, all, we can't do it all. We can't do gay rights, trans rights, this, you know. Yeah. What it, they literally say that. And I'm like, well, you can, <laughs> but okay. But well, how do you all decide what you'll be most effective Well, the, tr- the Trump tax cut, we gave, we gave that money to grassroots environmental organizations on the ground uh, in, in, um, in, in the U.S. And we felt like they really mm-hmm. needed the the extra help right now because we're fighting a mm-hmm. lot of environmental issues. So that that felt very, you know, connected to our brand. To some degree, I agree that you cannot weigh in on every issue unless you have an actual point of view on the issue, you know, or the, or you, you're making, you know, um, I, I, I mean, I, I think we'll see more of it. But and we are seeing mm-hmm. more of it. But but for us, it was I think a pretty straightforward thing around around environmentalism. We also asked mm-hmm. our employees this last year on on Black Friday or, or customers on last year to to donate to grassroots causes, and we said we'd match them. And we raised mm-hmm. a million dollars from our own customers. Talk about the modern customer because it's a diff- We talked about this before. The idea of what a yeah. customer is. People are doing a lot of you know, especially millennials and, and younger of where they want to shop. I just, my, you know, and I, I think that's gone back. I mean, I remember Anita Bryant and I'm not drinking orange juice and this and that, but mm-hmm. talk about these customers because one of the things my, just yesterday, my son, I was like, well, do you think you want to do an internship here? And he's like, well, what stocks do they buy? It was immediate. Like he yeah, didn't want yeah. to work for an oil stock, which was really the first time I've heard him, you know, the, the, the gears going around the impact that you have via your choices. But these talk about these customers because it's not a new thing, but it seems like it's a, an important thing for corporations to think like this. Well, I, I think, you know, think about it like the, the average, you know, teenager, you know, has, has more information at their fingertips than the president had, you know, 15 years mm-hmm. ago, or whatever, right? I mean, there's just so much more information available to make choices and decisions. And I think, you know, when I think of uh, when I was, you know, 17 or 18 and we were fighting AIDS, Kara, you know, and we were licking stamps and, you know, doing ACT UP, you know, rallies and, and you know, we didn't have the tools even. This is like the, like the, mm-hmm. the power of the social media tools that we have for activism now. And I think, you know, young people know we're in a climate crisis. 
I mean, no matter how much money the oil industry pays to buy off politicians, we're we're in a climate crisis, and you'd have to you you'd have to be foolish not to see that that's what's happening. I mean, you can feel it with you know your own body. You can see it with your own eyes. So, you know, I just think they're they're different. You know, they're they're they want to vote with their dollars. <laughs> you know, right? That's what they want. Right. Yeah. And and what do you, how do you, how, do you get guided by that? Or do you, you know, you were saying you had the best year ever after you did this, did, did a lot of these things. What kind of relationship then do you have as a brand with your customers? Because you all have, you know, some things are just stores, you know, you go and you buy a bag of potato chips, that's it, like whatever. But when you're thinking about retail going forward, and I do want to get into retail and some of the stuff uh, that you're doing in terms of banning Facebook also. But what do you have to be to be a brand now? Because retailers are brands, whatever the kind of brand you have to be, what do you think is critically important? Well, I think you have- you're going to turn off people. You're going to turn off the Trump people or the base or whatever they're called, calling themselves now. But you know, you're what, never, you're, you're never going to please every, every person. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> like you have a point of view and you know this well, you're, you're never going to keep everybody happy, you know? Um, I don't want to, but that's a different situation. And you don't, you don't need to have a successful business either. Right, right. So you talk about that. What do you, what you, what do, you do you go, well, they're just not going to buy our, we're, we're going to have a certain population that's not going to be. Right. I mean, if someone, so if someone denies, denies climate change, right, are they somebody who's going to want to buy Patagonia product anyway? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they don't know. Maybe they mm-hmm. just love the product. I mean, you know, right. I, I think depending on who you are, you care about who you buy from and you want to vote with your dollars. You know, as a brand though, I don't think you should shy away from, you know, controversy or activism or issues that are really important for advancing society forward and advancing business mm-hmm. forward. And I think that's that's where, you know, that's where some companies really get it wrong, I think, because their employees care about these things, the communities where they have stores care about these issues. And that's the way we think about our stores and have thought about stores is as community hubs, you know, they're places Mm -hmm. that people can go and learn about issues. They can learn about voting issues. They can learn, learn about environmental issues in their, in their neighborhood. We're listening to my Lesbians Who Tech interview with Rose Marcario, the former CEO of Patagonia. We're going to take a quick break now. We'll be back after this. Support for the show comes from the Harvard Business Review, the leading destination for smart management thinkers. You're a business leader, which means you have to deal with several different issues week after week. Look, it can be tough being the one calling the shots, but the Harvard Business Review can be a good place to help lighten the load on your shoulders. There's a lot of great stuff you can find at hbr.org, but for just $10 a month, you can get access to unlimited content, including insider newsletters, case studies, and the HBR mobile app. I had a chance to check out hbr.org, and let me tell you, the articles and case studies are very enlightening. Plus, you'll find podcasts, case studies, videos, newsletters, so much more. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter promo code DECODER right now to take advantage of this great offer. Again, go to hbr.org slash subscriptions, enter promo code DECODER to learn more about this great opportunity to help manage your career and business. Support for this podcast comes from Hims. It can be challenging for men to speak about their health, and whether that's a fear of being vulnerable or just wanting to keep things private, there are just some things we would just rather keep to ourselves. Hims knows how you feel, which is why they're looking to provide you the help you need discreetly. 
HIMSS is a men's healthcare brand looking to provide simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for men. The entire process is 100% online, so you can get a new routine of improving your overall health in private. If prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No waiting rooms and no pharmacy visits. So while it can be tough to deal with this part of your life, it doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash decoder. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash decoder for your personalized treatment options. Hymns.com slash decoder. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See hymns.com slash decoder for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Jeff Bezos recently, I think it was a bit of a stunt. It was a good stunt um, when he held up the letter of someone who was like, I'm not going to, it was a pretty racist letter. And he was like, I'm not going to back you. And he was like, I don't want you. You know, he, he does go to controversy. He's not someone who shies away from it necessarily, but they haven't been, they've had their share of controversies yeah, yeah. Um, themselves around workers and other things. How do you look when you see things like that? Someone that prominent doing something like that? Well, I think it's a di- it's slightly different, I think, when it's just like a rich individual, rich and powerful individual yeah. doing that, right? Because they're basically yeah. saying, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to support you or, you know, give money mm-hmm. to your campaign or, or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's different when you're a corporation and, and what I've seen in the last few years, and we saw it immediately after uh, Trump came out of the Paris Climate Accord, is all these companies right. came together, disparate companies from disparate industries and said, we want to stay in the Paris Climate Accord. We're going to keep working to those goals. And I think we need mm-hmm. to see more of the good actors, the good corporate actors coming together to make change and push the government. Because in the past, what's really happened is it's been, you know, big oil, big ag, big pharma. And, you know, they need to hear from the rest of us. And they need to hear right. from the good actors, you know. Right. So, you know, what Jeff Bezos does, I mean, he's kind of in a class by himself. And, you know, and I, I would never pretend to understand that <laughs> what he's doing um it was he's interesting i mean i was like yeah, yeah yeah well i think he does what he pleases i think i feel yeah. like that's what's going on there yeah um yeah. but a company like amazon would have a big impact as they start to move in that direction and obviously even a walmart that changes it's you know where it gets stuff and things like that how do you convince them to be good actors mm-hmm. it, from from your perspective. Let, let's talk a little bit about the Facebook uh, boycott. Talk talk about it, because you guys were the one of the originals, right, with REI, is that correct? Um, yeah. And now others have joined. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, Facebook's been, you know, trafficking in conspiracy theories and lies and hate speech and, you know. Wow, really? Oh, Russian, no, Russian, you know, propaganda. And, you know, it's it's yeah. like they, they have an, you know, what is it, an $80 billion ad revenue now? I mean, it's some outrageous, yeah. you know, amount of money. And the, the most polarizing things, you know, raise, you know, create the most amount of, of ad revenue, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they sleep at night, Kara. I mean, I, I really don't. I it, Gee, Rose, you're singing my song. I've been doing this for years now. Um, But you decided to do it because here's the deal. First of all, it's one month, correct? July. And the second is a lot of small businesses. I saw a really astonishing quote by someone who said, I hate this company, but I have to use it. Like they have, they don't have like, like when you have a Fox News and Sean Hannity says something inane, which is 
pretty much all the time. They get hit when seven or eight advertisers, you know, pull off of Laura Ingram or whatever. They really do suffer. Tucker Carlson seeing it, you know, when there's organized opposition, when they say something racist or anti-immigrant or whatever, um, that does have a real hit. Uh, Facebook has 8 million advertisers, 8 million. What, yeah. what do you imagine you can do here? Uh, by doing them, is it is it is it um, symbolic or what do you what do you imagine can happen here? Because the only way you're going to beat Facebook is by hitting them in the wallet. But this is a big wallet. Yeah, I was I've already sort of stepped out of the company when that decision yes. was made. But we had talked about it a right. lot prior to that. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope that this coalition of companies continues to grow and grow and put more pressure on Facebook. And with it, with an actual, you know, hit list of demands uh, that they mm-hmm. expect from them, because you know we can't trust the government to regulate them. We've, we've already seen that; that's not happening. Right. Um, you know, you know, I don't know. Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg, I don't know where their conscience is. To to be mm-hmm. quite frank, I don't care how rich they are; they're doing irreparable damage to the country right now, and um, you know that's you know visible in in every in every possible way. I mean. I, I don't know if you read Mark's op-ed about voting, but it was just stupid, you know? I mean, oh, yeah. he basically just saying, let's <laughs> keep the, the platform totally open to conspiracy theories, hate speech, and, you know, <laughs> the rest of it. Fix so, it by voting. Yeah, yeah, yeah and fix it, it by voting. And it's just total BS. I mean, they, they, they don't, you know, him and Jack Dorsey, they don't do anything to really police their platforms. And it, it can be done. I mean, look at Jeff at, at LinkedIn, you know? He's very good at doing that. They're very good at doing that. And they keep that yeah, platform... Yeah really, really well, you know, really well in its niche. So it can be done. Right. But when you're doing this, when you're thinking about organizing these good actors, when you're bringing them yeah. together, in a, some ways, I was just talking about it this morning on our, our Pivot podcast, and Scott Kelly was making the very pertinent point that maybe it's good for Facebook because then they can sort of tut-tut and say, we hear you, thank you, and everyone feels better. And then they go on doing what they're doing. Because they that's, that's, see, that is their, the rope-a-dope is their favorite methodology at Facebook, yeah, it seems like, yeah, um, for yeah. years now. You yeah. know, like, oh, yes, we're concerned about privacy. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. And then they pay the fine. Um, but what could happen? I think it's probably a user thing where users stop using it. Like, my kids don't use any of the Facebook properties, and it's, it has to do with this. But it, it's, and it's not my influence. It's among the kids that are doing this. But what do you, what can corporations do to influence uh, platforms like Twitter and Facebook and Google and others to 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 do the right thing or to, well, to the only the only thing in. that works and you you pointed it out you know the only thing that works is really hitting them in the wallet you know and mm-hmm. so I think the the this month long thing needs to turn out to be a much longer thing right mm-hmm. and so how do you organize that you know among corporations. Well, I think there are some corporations that, um, there's two ways. I think there's the corporations getting internal uh, pressure from their employees, which, which mm-hmm. I think is very helpful. I think right. there's also um, the corporations realizing that they need, you know, they need an alternative and sort of starting to figure out how to kind of take back their own power to do that. I mean, it's interesting. A lot of people have had like zero marketing budgets because of what's gone on with COVID. And they're finding like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not that effect. You know, they, they don't miss they don't miss uh, advertising on Facebook. You know, because they're still right. getting revenue. Their customers are still coming to them, so they might make different choices about that. But I think the more public pressure, the more employee pressure, and the more that there's leadership at the corporate level to bring that together, I think I think I think major change can happen. You know, 
it, it's slow and then it what happens do you, all at once, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, suppose allegedly. Um, but when you go and, and join together as a group, how do you, how does a corporation go to another corporation and say, we have something in common here. Let's do this. Let's jump together. Here, it happens all the time. It, it, it happens all the time on supply chain issues. It happens all the time mm-hmm. on political issues. I mean, you know, if you're a good, you know, if you're a good CEO and you're a good company, you're talking to other CEOs all the time and you're understanding what you have in common and how you can lead together. I mean, it's, it's really, I think this is the, this, you know, I believe really strongly that business is the greatest, has the greatest power to be an agent for change. And the way we're going to do it is collaborating on these really important issues that are that are you know potentially harming our country in an irreparable way right now. So I, I think those are the ways. Now, will we be able to do it? Will we be able to get all those people together to do it? I don't know, but I think there's enough public pressure right now that we need, just need to keep the pressure on. Have you been surprised by the the quick movement of corporations around uh, Black Lives Matter and things like that recently? Uh, it, it, it seems like it's interesting because a couple of years ago there was a there was a controversy just today it was uh Kirsten Green and uh and another actress uh Jenny Jenny Slate went off of a show uh because they were uh, white people playing black people and they were taking up the space but years ago there was a similar controversy around a few actors like that and nothing ever happened now yeah. these actors are quitting and some of these companies are doing things I worry that it's just a, we're going to make our move here. Significant change is different than signal change, I guess. You know what I mean? And yeah, do you yeah. feel that? And especially I've noticed around Black Lives Matter, the corporations are right in there uh, going, even the NFL, you know, you're seeing a lot of different companies that had been slow to move. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, you know, it, it is kind of like that, you know, it, it's, it was like that and it, it's been like that in the um, LGBTQ plus movement too, right? You know, mm-hmm. like working right. towards gay marriage and you don't think you're going to get it and then <laughs> it happens, you know, this is a completely different, Black Lives Matter is a completely different thing. I mean, it's, you know, hundreds of years of institutionalized racism, but I do yes. feel like there's this turning point because, you know, um, it's it's not just people of color, you know, protesting, you know, it's it's everybody protesting and wanting change. What I'm more worried about about that is just, you know, the complete uh, logjam uh, with the Senate, with Mitch McConnell, that we won't get meaningful legislative change, which right. we really need, you know, that that's mm-hmm. a really important part of it. We're going to take another break now. We'll be back after this with Rose Marcario, who just stepped down as CEO of Patagonia. Support for Decoder comes from Shopify. Some people might say cat memes built the internet, but it's e-commerce that keeps the lights on. If you've dreamt of building a business, Shopify can be a great place to start. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. It doesn't matter if you're a well-established global brand or selling handcrafted goods out of your home workshop. Shopify has the tools to help you go further like their AI-powered tool Shopify Magic, or their built-in marketing tools that can help you create, execute, and analyze campaigns. You can sell wherever, too, online or with their in-person point-of-sale system. Millions of entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries rely on Shopify for their e-commerce needs, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com decoder all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash decoder now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. 
shopify.com slash decoder. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So when you're thinking about doing this, if you were arguing these big corporations to start acting, and they don't—they always want to be on both sides of the of the two yeah. parties. They always want to be, you know, cooperative. How do you then say you you can't do this? I, what I'm thinking about is because you know this is a tech gathering, um, and I do want to, you know, they don't speak out on like I didn't hear a lot of noise about the Supreme Court uh, decision on yeah. healthcare uh, with trans people. It just it, it's some things they do and some things they don't, which I understand. It's yeah. it's a big world and there's a lot of there, there's a lot of avenues of attack yeah. uh, by the Trump administration. But when they do tie themselves to different parties, I'm thinking of you know the uh, Facebook again with the Trump administration, very tight. It looks like a very tight relationship. When you're a corporation, do you, do you worry to being oppositional? Like, what do you think about Facebook doing something like that uh, and other co- companies? And Facebook is probably the most prominent. Well, I think you kind of have to take it issue by issue. You know, like like mm-hmm. we we worked with the Obama administration on, on public lands issues, but we didn't agree with mm-hmm. everything that, you know, that, that President Obama did on every issue. I mean, we just didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think you have right. to take it issue by issue. And that's the, that's the best way to, to focus your, your attention instead of saying, well, I'm on a side and this is my side all the time. You know, I, I don't know. That's, that's the way that we look at it. We really try and, and look at it in a really issue by issue uh, framework, because if you don't, you're just kind of, I don't know, it just feels like more polarization, you know. Right, exactly. And I want to talk a little bit about two more things. One is employees, because that's sort of been an interesting force. In tech, it's happened. In, yeah. Uh, probably tech is probably the most prominent place this is tagged. These pushbacks are at Google about police reform or Defense Department work at mm-hmm. Amazon over immigration issues, over ICE and, and things like that. Yeah. Um, and you saw, you know, Amazon um, recognition being being a sidelined for a year to police departments, although very different from an interview I had with the head of AWS who said, nothing to see here, Kara. And I kept saying, I see that you're biased and racist. You know, it's being used badly (laughs) across the nation. Um, The the impact of employees, how important is that from your perspective in in doing that? Because usually the only constituency has been shareholders. Um, at, at a lot of yeah. these brands or revenues or Wall Street or whatever. You, yeah. Patagonia, where you just left, is owned by one guy. So it's like, whatever, yeah. you know, you don't have to worry about that necessarily. Yeah, I mean, private companies, it's a different thing, right? Because you usually have one family mm-hmm. or one person who's, who's sort of mm-hmm. um, representing the, uh, the ethos of the brand. But, you know, the whole uh, benefit corporation movement where there's, you know, working to get more focus on other stakeholders besides... Explain Benefit Corporation for those who don't know. Benefit Corporation for people who don't know it, it's a legal framework that a company can organize uh, organize with. And and there's a a group of companies that also take an assessment and you have to reach a certain score uh, to become certified. 
And the assessment is is far reaching. It's it covers governance, it covers the environment, it covers you know multiple stakeholders in the community as well. So so it's a way of keeping each other honest and improving and growing and being a better better corporate citizen. And the way the current public markets are structured, they're structured to serve one one person, you know, which is the institutional mm-hmm. shareholder. And that that shareholder has, you know, or group of shareholders has tremendous power. And there's lots of CEOs that I talk to who are public company CEOs that say, I agree with everything you're saying, Rose, or yes, we need to, you know, we need to get get on on these climate issues. But, you know, my Mm -hmm. shareholders don't care about that. Right. But then then what? (laughs) Well, then I think new for new structures, disruption of capitalism, uh, the benefit corporation, I think, is a really is a is a really good you know step to do that. Um, mm-hmm. We're seeing more and more um, startup companies not wanting to take you know private equity money. They're they're bootstrapping right. it. They're finding other ways to finance because they don't want to be beholden to these guys. Right. I mean, what this idea that's taken hold, I know, in tech is this idea of compassionate <laughs> capitalism, which I'm sort of like. Is it possible? You know, it's Mark <laughs> Benioff and others have sort of yeah. talked about that idea. And I appreciate him speaking out. He's one of the earliest to sort of attack a lot of uh, yeah. the tech companies that had been sort of abusing their platforms. But is that such a thing, the idea of compassionate capitalism? Well, I think if capitalism is serving multiple stakeholders, I think it can be compassionate. Right. Because mm-hmm. because then you care about your employees, you care about your suppliers, you you care about your community. It's it's different, you know, than just caring about what what the earnings per share is. That's not going to lead you to a good long term effect. And to me, this disruption capitalism has to happen because it's not working mm-hmm. now. I mean, COVID exposed a lot of what's really wrong. Right. People losing their health insurance during a, you know, in in the richest country in the world, you know, people losing their health Mm -hmm. insurance during a pandemic. I mean, it's tied to their employment. It's that's that's kind of crazy. I mean, you know, the lack of social safety net. We we have businesses all over the world. I talk to you know CEOs and you know chairman of the boards all over the world, and you know the rest of the world has a better social safety net for the most part than Mm -hmm. the U.S. does in a time like this. And we've got 40 million people unemployed right now. And, you know, we don't have the kind of systems that support and care for people. It's, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> and we can do it. Like, I ran a business that was a really successful business by any right. year. And we were giving money to grassroots activism, 1% of our sales. <laughs> and we were doing a lot of good in the world. And we're giving a lot of money to causes that are really important to advancing, um, you know, health and beauty and wild places on the planet. So it can be done. You can walk and chew gum at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's not rewarded in our current system. It's not, it's not, it's right, not, not appreciated. And so that's why there's sort of this revolutionary you, quality to all this right now. Do you imagine employees will play a bigger role in this idea? The idea of employees speaking back because you know the Google walkout, but all those people are gone from Google. Um, oh, you had yeah. Amazon again. You had and and for one second, people at Facebook spoke out before you know they were shoved back in the cult hole. Um, do you imagine there is a, a, an ability of employees to do this to to really get things to change? I think I think employees with public pressure, like I said, I mean it can't just be the employee kind of 
trying to push the, the corporation. I think you have to have more enlightened leadership. You have to have, you know, public pressure, um, maybe political pressure. But, but I think they, they play an important role. I mean, I, there's, there's no question. I mean, I think about uh, my time at Patagonia and, and, you know, we had an incredible workforce of people who were really energized to come to work every day because they're working for causes bigger than themselves, right? If it was just mm-hmm. selling fleece, it would be another thing. But, you know, they're working for causes bigger than themselves and they feel really proud to be doing that. And they feel really activated as a human being, helping the planet, helping the world, helping, yeah. you know. So I think, you know, I think it's, it's totally possible. We, I mean, we, there's, there's a lot of proof in companies. They're primarily private companies, I think. Right, but, they um, are. That's there's absolutely some great true. public companies too. You know, they're not all, they're not all US-based. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, a lot of yeah. them are. So last question, we only have just a few more minutes. Yeah. Um, one of the things that you said to me on the last, I'd love to know what you're going to do next. I'd like, love you to end with that. Like, what do yeah. you want to do now? And, and why yeah. did you step down now? Um, well, you had called, I, I assume you're not going to become a VC because I think you called, uh, you had been involved in that and you called them weenies, I think was the correct. No, I call I call the, I call the tech guys weenies, but I feel essentially the same right. way about VCs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so tech guys weenies. Do you really do you feel the tech guys are still weenies? And I do. We mean, I mean, I think there's very few. I mean, we're talking about Zuckerberg and Jack and yeah. you know, the guys that aren't right. doing anything about the obvious problems. You know, I, right. I, I, there's some that I think are, are good guys and gals. You know. Right. And what could people in tech do? What should they do to, to and I hate to use the term lean in because they're- Oh God, please don't. Uh, yeah, yeah that, I've only seen leaning to out. To do something, <laughs> no, leaning out and like pushing your chair away from the shitty table. But um, what 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 do you imagine people should do? And what are you going to do? Why are you, why did you step down? And what are, what are you going to do with your, your copious time now, Rose? <laughs> well, I, first of all, I think, you know, you have to look at, you can't look at business in a vacuum, right? You have to look at it as part of a community and, and you have to think of serving the community in the world. It's not that hard to put all those things together. It really isn't. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I, I feel like, you know, in tech, there are obvious problems, you know, you know, the, the propagation of hate speech, conspiracy theories, you know, the, the issues, the propaganda, the political propaganda, um, you know, look at, look at this stuff around the pandemic is giving people all this misinformation yeah. that they're spouting. Yeah. I mean, it's really bad for society, you know? Yes, indeed. And you can't, you have to deal with that and you have to do something about it. And if you don't, you're complicit. You're complicit in destroying our democracy. You're complicit in, in dragging our society down. And that's what those guys are until they start really doing something actionable about it. And for me- Would I, you like to run a tech company? Would you like to run a tech you know, company? Kara, we might be talking about it in six months, you know? The, what? You know, Facebook needs a competitor, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what are you going to do? We'll finish up on that. We got one minute. What are you going to yeah, do? Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to focus on, I'm going to spend some time with my, my beautiful wife, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on uh, the next steps and sort of making systematic change to corporate uh benefit to the world. Mm-hmm. And so that that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to focus on in, in, in there's a couple of different forms and things that I'm looking at, but I think technology and media is a really important important area. 
All right. Well, we'll look so, for you to be running Facebook next you'll year. You'll be I'm the so first excited. person to know. <laughs> Good. Excellent. Anyway, everyone, thank you very much. Rose McCarr is one of, I'm a huge fan of hers. I think she's one of the great CEOs. And obviously you make great fleece. So just hey. like, don't, don't like, let's not, not focus on that. No, anyway, no. we really, and lesbians everywhere appreciate it. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you uh, so much. We really appreciate it. Bye. Bye, gang. Thanks, Rose, for coming on the show. And thanks also to Lesbians Who Tech for organizing that interview. Learn more about them and the Pride Summit at lesbianswhotech.org. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher. My executive producer, Eric Anderson, is at Erica America. My producer, Eric Johnson, is at Hey Hey ESJ. If you like this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend. And make sure to check out our other podcasts, Pivot, Reset, Recode Media, and Land of the Giants. Just search for them in your podcasting app of choice or tap a link in the show notes. Thanks also to our editor, Joel Rabe. Special thanks to Leanne Pittsford, Margaret Clark, and Joe Cooper. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then.